my job really this morning to launch this uh, new series, to do the introduction. Uh, for those of you who are joining life groups, which I'd encourage you to do, the life groups will start studying it after next Sunday. So this is just a little uh, precursor, if you like, a little introduction to the whole series to get you into it. Encourage you to buy the books that are out there. Um, and uh, get reading them, and uh, let's go through this all together as a church and really benefit from this um, series. Well, I turned 60 about, it seems like about three weeks ago now, and uh, I wrote this blog post about turning 60. I, I don't know who the good-looking young guy on the left is, um, but, um, yeah, so I put, sort of did a bit of a reflection on on looking back over 60 years, and, and uh, really the aim of this blog post, I do a lot of blog posts, in fact, I, I, I'm an author as well, and, um, and uh, the aim really was I wanted to, to speak to, to a lot of my friends who are turning 60 at the same time, and the, the benefits of Facebook today and social media. I'm in contact again with a lot of people who I grew up with at school. In fact, at my, my recent birthday party, uh, four of my friends were there from my school days. And uh, I really wanted to write something that really reflected on where we're at. And, and also, you know, when you turn 60, you start to think that, you know, at some point, your life's going to be over. And, uh, you know, there's less time left. And that might seem really morbid this morning, but I felt God asked, tell me to write this blog post for my friends to get them to think about eternity and where they were going. And so in this, in this um, blog post, I, I started to uh, think really about how much life had changed over the 60 years that, that, that I've been alive and also sort of a little bit humorously um, to, to sort of think about when I was a child and the things we used to do. I mean, I don't hear of anybody playing marbles anymore or um, tiddlywinks or riding chopper bikes or building dens. I've never, I've not, I don't hear of any of the kids today. Uh, build, do they? Building dens. Yeah, you did, Susanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, as I sort of reflected on all the things we used to do, you know, Spirograph and Action Man and all the toys that I had as a kid, I also started to think about how much the world has changed. And um, I think we just see our world changing around us so quickly right now. And... Uh, Society is in crisis as we look at our world right now. And, uh, and it, to me, it seems like it's breaking down before our very eyes in, in so many areas of our society, not just in the UK, but around the world, particularly if you look in America. And, you know, we see family breakdown and, uh, and issues with housing. Uh, the NHS simply isn't working anymore in the way that it used to be. It's nowhere near as effective. Social services are, are being stretched. Cost of living... The economy is in a mess. You know, we, I don't want to depress you this morning, but there, there is another financial crisis on its way. Read, read The Economists right now. It's a mess. Law and order is a mess. People, are, the police don't seem to know what they're doing. You know, with who should they should arrest or what they should arrest for. It's just a mess. Morality and decency and honesty and integrity and trust seem to have gone out the window almost completely. Truth is sort of, everyone has their own truth um, today. Gender ideology and human sexuality teaching is being brought into our schools right now. If you're, if you're a, well, it's already there. If you're a parent, you've got to be so careful. You should be asking your schools what they're teaching your children right now. It's causing chaos and confusion and fear and anxiety to our children, our grandchildren. I have grandchildren who are fearful and anxious 
They're disturbed by what they're hearing at school. They're being taught things at such a vulnerable age, an age where they cannot cope with what they're being taught as if it's truth. Our world is in crisis. Evil prevails. The enemy is having an absolute field day right now in our world. And then we look at the war zones and we think of, of Ukraine and, and Israel and the other potential hotspots. And the fact is governments don't have the answer. The, the psychologists don't have the answer. The sociologists don't have the answer. They just do not have the answer. And as I was reflecting on this this, this week, I, I just came across that phrase. I thought of that phrase that, uh, that's in the Bible that says, darkness covers the earth. And it seems that more and more darkness is covering the earth. Chris, over the last couple of years, has, has brought this verse to us, Isaiah 60. And um, it's a wonderful verse, actually a, a prophetic word for Jerusalem as it happens. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. But I want you to, to notice this next bit. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is the world that we're living in. Wickedness and sin is increasing. And we shouldn't be surprised by this because Jesus said this would all happen. If we go to the next PowerPoint, um, when Jesus was asked about the end days and, and what, what it would look like, when the disciples asked him, he said, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes. I just saw overnight there had been another big earthquake in Afghanistan. In various places, all these are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Next slide. Because of the increase of wickedness, the lover most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations then the end will come. Jesus prophesied all this stuff. And if you notice there, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. There is an increase of wickedness going on, isn't there? In our world, in our Western world today, in our nation today, wickedness is increasing. Now, here's the most important thing. Don't allow your love for God to grow cold. Have you let your love for God to grow cold of late? I was praying this morning before I, I came out to, to church that, that God would restore some of our passion for him. For some of you, you've allowed maybe, maybe you've not realised it until I've mentioned it, your love to grow a little bit cold. You got a bit passive about your faith. I'm praying for a restoration of passion this morning. Do not let your love grow cold. Paul wrote to the Galatians, didn't he? And, he? and he said, you know, you foolish Galatians, who cut in on you? Who, who stopped you on this path of faith with God? Who, 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 how did you allow this to happen? Don't let your love run cold. Now listen, in the midst of all that darkness and, and, and wickedness and everything, you know, the early church changed the world. And... Uh, you know, the time that we live in today is not dissimilar um, to that time. However, I do sort of sense, just looking back on my 60 years of life on planet Earth, that, you know, that, that wickedness and darkness has certainly increased over the last 
60 years. And um, yet those 12 disciples and their friends changed civilization forever. Ordinary men and women who had been with Jesus. And we can change our world. We can change our world. So I want to say to you this morning that, you know, it was bad back then. I think it's actually worse today. But 12 people changed the world with their friends, with those around them. They changed the world and we can change the world today. What an opportunity. And I believe this Unleashed series will enable us to bring change and transformation onto our front lines, to those around us. And what the world needs right now is a church that leads with love and courage as well with courage, that isn't afraid to stand on the word of God, that isn't afraid to be counter-cultural, to be courageous, to be bold. And when I say church, I'm talking about church. We are um, the church, a church that's unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, unashamed of it at all. And you see, we live in this society that's just broken, it's, it, it's lost it's anxious, it's fearful, it's, it's messed up. It doesn't know which way to turn. And we have this amazing, incredible hope in Jesus Christ that needs to be unleashed into our world. Jesus said this to the believers, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, it's time for you to let your light shine before other people. Turn to your neighbour and say that. It's time for you. Dig them in the ribs or something. It's time for you to let your light shine before other people. It's time. It's time to be courageous. Listen, people need us to be courageous. People need us to share our lives with them, share faith with them, share Jesus with them. And I don't know if you notice over this last year, but, but, but we have been going in a certain direction as a church. Fruitfulness on the front line. The Isaiah 61 app, which I'd encourage you to download, or at the very least, just like their page on Facebook and get some encouragement from that. Our, our, our mission statement to love God, to reach people, to make disciples, it's all going in one direction. Banbury Community Church looking outwards at those around us, sharing faith in this world full of darkness and wickedness, we can be that light of the world. And so during Unleash, we're going we're gonna to discover how to, to live out, if you like, the reality of the book of Acts in our everyday lives. I'm really excited about that. And, and yeah, we recognize that the culture and the lifestyles back then is different today, but we, to today, but we can learn so much from them. So many principles that we can put in place. And the next thing I want to say is this, that the power of the Spirit is the key. The power of the Spirit is, is the key. And I'm not just saying it as, as a Pentecostal, I'm saying this as a Christian. The power of the Spirit is the key. If we're going to achieve all this, if we're going to be unleashed, we must be living in the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you survive as a Christian without the power of the Holy Spirit? And yes, the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation. But Jesus said to the disciples, didn't we put it up on screen if you like, um, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. He said that to the disciples who are already following him. You need this power for you to, to be empowered to do what I'm calling you 
to do. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. To debauchery, instead, be filled with the Spirit. I love the way the Passion Version puts it. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Continually be filled. I wonder when the last time was you were filled with the Holy Spirit. When you ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit so you could be a witness, so you could be all the things that he's called you to be on your front line, wherever it is, in your family and home. I love this quote from Unleash. It's quite a long one, but it's from Malcolm Duncan. Um, and he says this. It's in the foreword. You can read it for yourself. To try to be the church without the continual empowerment of the Holy Spirit is like trying to breathe without lungs. We, the church, are utterly dependent upon God's power and his presence. We need God's wisdom to speak truth into a post-truth society. So true. We need God's grace to demonstrate love and acceptance to a society that is open to Jesus, but not always open to his people. It's true, isn't it? Next slide. We need God to give us courage to proclaim a gospel that is hopeful enough to bring forgiveness to those who seek it and strong enough to enable transformation in the lives of individuals from the inside out. In short, we need the Spirit's power to enable us to be God's people in God's world. Is there another slide on this? Yeah. There's never been a greater need for the Church of Jesus Christ in the United Kingdom to come back to the hopeful, inspiring, and life-shaping message of the Book of Acts. We do not need to replicate the early church, but in the words of St. Paul, we need to be reminded that the same power lives in us as lived in those early believers. That's what we need. We so need this, folks. So Unleash, let me give you a little outline of what's coming over these next few weeks. Um, we're going to focus on the first 12 chapters uh, of Acts on those five sessions. So next Sunday, Unleash Power and uh, various people will be preaching into these things as we go over these uh, next few weeks. But I want to give you a warning. I want to give you a warning. It's going to make you uncomfortable as we go through this. It's going to make you uncomfortable. You know, the early church is a million miles away from what we experience of church in the Western world. You're going to be asking yourself, how did we get to where we are? How did we get here? You see, church today for many is a building. It's a Sunday service followed by coffee and, and some fellowship, and that is about it. But church in the first century was a band of devoted, radical followers of Jesus. That was the early church, empowered by the Spirit, sharing about the resurrected Jesus, risking their lives to share their faith, to heal the sick, to deliver people from evil, to feed the poor, to transform society. They were devoted. They were devoted. Let's put this next verse up. It's probably familiar to you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Next. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sins in their hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was a passion. There was a devotion. There was a togetherness that the Western church lacks so often today. They were one in heart and mind. They shared everything. They looked after everybody. Everyone was praying and serving and giving and contributing. Together they were on the mission of Jesus. It's that devotion. I hope we're going to see some of that over these coming weeks. For each one of us to be a little bit more devoted 
to Jesus and the cause of Jesus. They were radical followers of Jesus. They were radical, radical. They'd seen his life. They'd seen his death. They'd seen his resurrection. And it had impacted them so much that they were compelled to share about Jesus. They'd seen it for themselves. Oh, that we would be compelled to share Jesus with people, to be compelled to do that in this, in this world that is dark and wicked and doesn't know which way to turn right now. Oh, that we'd be compelled, that we'd get a, a fresh sense, a fresh passion to share our faith with people. I really hope that comes out of this series. And don't forget with these guys, their lives were under constant threat. It says this, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them. You know, when I read that again this morning, I thought, that says something, doesn't it? About their radicalness, their passion, that they carried something. There was something about these guys that was different to other people, that no one else dared join them. That says something, doesn't it? There's something going on here. I'm not sure I'm, I'm up for that. I can cope with that. There was an intensity about it. Oh, to get back to those days. Even though they were highly regarded by the people, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, this is pretty radical, isn't it? People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them, were healed. Pretty radical, isn't it? Unleashed. Unleashed. What is God going to unleash in us? Oh, that people from the, the, from the towns and cities and little villages around Banbury started coming here and queuing up outside because they know something's going on here. The presence of God is here. You see, they didn't have buildings and they were more consoled, concerned for souls than the church flower rota or the frilly cloth on the communion table or the flavour of the coffee on a Sunday or whether the pastor has a Bible on his pulpit. I got told off for that in my last church for not having a big Bible on my pulpit or the length of the service or what version of the Bible is used. These guys were devoted, radical followers of Jesus Christ, gathering and scattering. Malcolm Duncan closes forward by saying this. Is it time to dream again? Unleashed invites us to dream again of what God can do with Christians who willingly lay their lives and their futures before God for heaven's purposes. This book is more than a brief reflection on the book of Acts. It's an invitation into a life that is abandoned to God. It is a call to all of us who long to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My prayer is that we not only read it, but we encounter God through it and let his spirit and his power propel us towards mission in our communities and our world. May God unleash his power in us, then unleash his people into the world. Never has there been a greater need, folks, than right now. So much darkness and wickedness around our world, around our nation. And, you know, we can sit at home, watch TV and, you know, let it go over our heads the reason we're in this mess as a nation is because of the passivity of, the, of God's people, just hoping that one day it will be okay. Well, now it's time for us to share 
Jesus with our world. And you know, as we look back through history, God has broken through society so many times, broken in, Hebridean revival, Wesleyan revival, Great Awakening in America, Azusa Street, the Welsh revival. What if he wanted to do it here? What if he wanted to do it here? I wonder, are you ready to be unleashed? Are you ready to be unleashed? I think it's time to dream again. As individuals, as a church, our nation needs Jesus so much. And you and I are surrounded by people every day of the week who need Jesus, who are stuck in this darkness, in this wickedness, this turmoil, and they need Jesus. It's time to get passionate about sharing Jesus, about getting unleashed into our society. And my prayer for you guys is, as it is for myself, is that, that God will restore our spiritual passion. So can I ask you over these coming weeks, as we do this series, can I ask you to commit to buy the book I know some of you don't like books. You like to study the Bible and Hebrew and Greek or whatever it is. Who gives us stuff? There are people, listen, out there going to hell right now. It's time for us to get real about this and to do what needs to be done so we can reach those people. So buy the book. Read a chapter every week. Join a life group. If you've never been part of a life group before, join a life group. Get involved. It. Speak to Dave and Rosie. They're around somewhere. There they are on the third row up here. Talk to them. Get involved in the life group. Commit to come to every Sunday as far as you can over these next five weeks. And let's do this thing together. Let's go on a great adventure with God and who knows where it will end up.